Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here is your host, John Inglesby. We some our listeners. Welcome to my 445th ever show of all around sports. Reach Monday at noon Eastern time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this weekend and last week as well. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsports.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Well, my highlight of the weekend was the Pro Football Hall of Fame enshrinement in Canton, Ohio. Spanned both nights, Saturday and Sunday. And it turned out to be a celebration of all things Western Pennsylvania, where I grew up. With Steelers Nation and terrible towels dominating the stadium, with with both the Steelers Cowboys preseason game to kick that off uh, last Thursday night, followed by Saturday and Sunday night, two nights to honor the teams, the Steelers, epic five inductees: Troy Polamalu, Donnie Shell, Bill Cower, Alan Fanica, and Bill Nunn. It was just, uh, again, like a Steelers festival, and fans were there in droves. They only have to drive two hours from Pittsburgh to Canton. Easily done, and as always, Steeler Nation showed up in a big way. But with all the Steelers and all their speeches, all which were great, it was, two, uh, it was some non-Steelers that hit home with Pennsylvania. Uh, I grew up in Altoona, Pennsylvania. And uh, last night, Calvin Johnson, the Megatron, the Detroit Lions, uh, terrific wide receiver. When he was inducted, he acknowledged his receivers coach at Georgia Tech, a gentleman named Buddy Geis. Turns out Buddy Geis is from my hometown of Altoona, Pennsylvania. And he was just an electric High school player, one of my first ever heroes uh, in sports as I was a kid growing up. I could literally walk to the high school stadium where he played, Altoona High, uh, to watch the games at a place called Mansion Park, beautiful stadium. And so to see Calvin Johnson uh, mention him and the camera pick him right up out of the crowd, he was sitting right there, was just an awesome thing for me and, frankly, anybody from Altoona. Uh, his name is known by all in Altoona, Buddy Geis. And he's had a tremendous, he had a tremendous coaching career with multiple teams, uh, including the Cowboys, Packers. And uh, so it was just really a wonderful surprise watching that last night. And that followed on Saturday night when... Jimbo Covert, Covert, legend, legendary offensive lineman at Pitt and the Chicago Bears, uh, took to the stage with his enshrinement, and his presenter was Matt Suey. So Jimbo Covert is from Western Pennsylvania, played at Pitt, from Conway, up near uh, Beaver Falls, actually, uh, home of Joe Namath. And so his presenter was Matt Suey, who interestingly played college ball at Penn State, and Jimbo Covert, as I just said, was from Pitt. So a Penn Stater introducing a Pitt player for the Hall of Fame enshrinement is uh, interesting, to say the least. But from my point of view, Matsui grew up 
along with two brothers in State College, Pennsylvania, right down the road from Altoona. Uh, he and his brothers were legendary in central Pennsylvania, to put it mildly. They dominated the high school scene for years. Uh, and all went, of course, played at Penn State, needless to say, the very town they grew up in, State College. And it was just wonderful. I saw him play in high school, he and his brothers. And uh, so it was just wonderful to see uh, Matsui presenting. And uh, he was also a great player at Penn State, needless to say. There's a reason he was drafted by the Bears. And Jimbo Covert talked uh, at length during his speech about growing up in western Pennsylvania and just nailed it so perfectly. So really wonderful for uh, someone from western Pennsylvania to watch what turned out to be, again, a, a, a practically a tribute to not only the Steelers, but to football in Western Pennsylvania. So I just loved it both nights. It was just fabulous. And uh, it was nice to see the Steelers win the preseason game as well. Sticking with football, I also went last Thursday night, uh, 20 minutes down the road here, to the Patriots practice in stadium for uh, both season ticket members, of which I'm one, and Foxborough residents. And it was great. It was hard to believe the first time I or anybody else uh, had been inside the stadium, fans, uh, that is, inside the stadium in since January 4th, 2020, Tom Brady's last game as a Patriot. Hard to believe. So, and that was the game where he lost to the uh, Titans. Uh, anyway, it was fun to watch both Cam Newton and Mac Jones in person for the first time. Cam Newton specifically, I didn't get to, none of us got to see him in person last year and he looked great and, uh, big guy, big guy. A lot of people have always said to me that, you know, you'll be amazed when you see Cam Newton in person. Uh, he's just, uh, bigger than most one, maybe the biggest guy in the field. So he stands out. He looked good through just really one bad pass that I saw. And it was a very light practice. They were There was no tackling or anything. Uh, it, it was actually less contact than you'd see in a, uh, a game of touch football uh, on your neighborhood street. Uh, Matt, uh, Mac Jones throws a nice ball, to say the least. Uh, it just seemed like he completed every pass. Uh, so it was just a really fun, festive night. Thousands of fans turned out for, again, we're talking practice here. So it was really cool, really neat to see. And, uh, and again, just uh, here we go. They're hosting the Washington football team this Thursday at Gillette in a preseason game. So football is underway, and it's wonderful. And no better way to kick it off than the Hall of Fame enshrinement in Canton which, by the way, was a bit of the Peyton Manning show, and he was great with his speech, as we all expected. Perfect sense of humor, perfect combination of uh, his sense of humor, as well as, uh, you know, just just a great uh, rehash of his career and uh, notably looking forward to what, uh, what he hoped, his hopes are for the future, for football and Something told me that as I watched the speech that uh, he has big things ahead for him for his future in football, whatever it may be. Uh, you know, just some high-level post to uh, to lead the game into the next generation and future ones beyond that. Well, my low light of the week is the Red Sox practically collapsing. Uh they went two and eight on their road trip. Um, just completed some agonizing losses. Uh, everybody up here is uh, just in a rage because everybody really wanted more done at the trade deadline. Again, they've been two and eight since that deadline, which co- coincides with their road trip. Fortunately for them, they have Chris Sale 
potentially coming to the rescue. He's been cleared to play. He'll be joining the team any day now if he hasn't already. And uh, boy, do they need him. But uh, I've always said the only thing more interesting than on sports talk radio than the Red than the Boston teams winning are the Boston teams losing. And right now it is just uh, people are raging. So hopefully Chris Sale can come in and be Chris Sale. Well, my bizarre story of the week is the Lionel Messi news leaving Barcelona. Uh, it's almost hard to say those words. He's been with them since he was age 13 at the academy. Hard to believe. And even after the team uh, executive spoke and Messi spoke and all this stuff that's come out around it, I, I still don't feel like I, or I believe most anybody, knows the exact reason why he left. He was supposed to come in to sign a contract. And instead, the announcement was made that he was not returning to the team. You talk about seismic news. I was in Barcelona a couple years ago, toured Camp Nou, the legendary stadium uh, where Messi and Barcelona plays. And I uh, can't even imagine what's going on in the city of Barcelona and that whole region of Spain, to put it mildly. Um, so, But again, it just it has to do with finances and references to La Liga, the Spanish league for soccer. So who, I just don't feel like the exact reason has yet been pinpointed. It will guarantee the media is working on it to get to the bottom of it as to exactly what the specific reasons were. Uh, the media won't be letting this story go till they get all the answers, that's for sure. But he did, here's Messi did sign with Paris Saint-Germain or Paris Saint-Germain, as they would say it in France. Uh, weak imitation. <laughs> and... Uh, and that in and of itself should be fascinating, joining Neymar in Paris. And lastly, uh, the Olympics are over, closed down last night. USA basketball delivered two gold medals, men's and women's, which was awesome. Nelly Korda won uh, the women's golf gold medal, following on the heels of uh, Xander Shoffley winning the men's. And just sticking with golf real quickly, Abraham Answer won the uh, FedEx Open in Memphis yesterday, which was great theater uh, as he went to sudden death and he drained a putt to win it. And uh, uh, when his opponent uh, then missed an equally easy putt, two and a half footer or thereabouts, and, and that was it. Uh, so it was a good theater. Uh, last evening as a warm-up to the Hall of Fame enshrinement. So now let's take our break, and next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies radio show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton, a former admissions officer at the University of Pennsylvania and featuring her fellow admissions and college finance experts from Bright Horizons College Coach. The show shares what colleges are really looking for and how to highlight your hard-won achievements for the best chance at success. New episodes air every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. A brave heart is anyone with the courage to be of service to others. If you have that courage, then Brave Hearts Radio with Brian Reinbold is for you. Even if you aren't yet, you'll want to still tune in to get inspired, create your own story to share, and change your life for the better. Listen to the stories of service and courage shared by amazing guests and your input too. 
Listen for Brave Hearts Radio, Mondays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Remember, doing good anywhere does good everywhere. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on voiceamerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. We're America listeners. Welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports, and I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, joins us. And A.P., how are you doing today? Hey, doing very well, John. Thank you for having me on the show. Well, thank you for joining us, as always. And uh, AP, I, uh, we we can't, uh, you know, talk about any topic. We love to talk about college football, and the seismic news of the weekend uh, was obviously Bobby Bowden's passing. Just an absolute legendary coach, second all-time winningest coach. Uh, and AP, what struck me and what will interest you, uh, maybe you've seen it as well. Uh, they showed Nick Saban, of course, spoke about him and they showed, uh, video of, you know, Bobby Bowden and Nick Saban interacting, you know, and clearly in past years, uh, they were both younger looking, but AP in all the clips I saw, of which there were two or three, at least where the two were talking, uh, somewhere after game, whatever, I've never seen Nick Saban with a, a broader smile than in every one of those clips. And it was just great. I, I was thinking of you the whole time because it was just priceless to see Nick Saban just literally lighting up talking to Bobby Bowden. It was just incredible. So I loved it. Oh, oh yeah, that relationship was longstanding when Bobby Bowden was in West Virginia as an assistant. Then he became the head coach, of course, and uh, – Nick Saban's dad uh, knew Coach Bowden because he would come to that part of West Virginia to recruit players. Um, And I know that uh, Nick Saban had an affinity and uh, respect for Bobby Bowden as as much as any coach and head coach I've ever heard him speak about personally because it was personal to him, the fact that when his dad passed away, uh, Nick Saban, he received a phone call. I think he said he was a a graduate assistant at Kent State at the time under Don James, and uh, Bobby Bowden offered him a chance to come back to West Virginia to be closer to his his mother so he can look after her. So that's about as personal as it gets when somebody reaches out to you at one of your lowest points in your life. Yes, that's perfect, AP, because... uh you know, I, I frankly forgot about the West Virginia connection. Not, I very well know I used to cover WVU, so I know Bobby Bowden coached until just a few years before I got there. Um, but his uh, specter was still strong, and but I hadn't made the connection of you know when I was watching this video yesterday. Of, of course, Nick Saban is from West Virginia. Not far from Morgantown, as a matter of fact, where Bobby Bowden coached. Right. And, uh, so, of course, they would have a bond there, a big bond, to say the least. Um, having covered the Mountaineers and lived in West Virginia for a few years, uh, you know, the coach of the West Virginia football team is the most prominent citizen in the state. 
I know that applies to many states, but in West Virginia, small state, shall we say, with, uh, with without huge big cities, that type of thing. Uh, you know, that's a, uh, you, you know, it's it's even heightened a bit that the WVU football coach and the program itself are just a, a dominant entity in that state. So, of course, Nick Saban would have been drawn to that. That's what he grew up with. Right, yeah, the head coach of West Virginia is, is normally revered um, if he has any type of success. And so Bobby Bowden, uh, you know, he, he did some good things there. And uh, at the time, uh, then he moved on to Florida State, and we know what he what he did down in Tallahassee, creating a, oh, yeah. a dynasty of winning. Correct. Correct. And all his famous players, of which there were many, uh were uh, quite visible yesterday. In fact, no sooner did the news break, I heard it bright and early yesterday morning that he had just died, and within a matter of a minute or two, they had Warwick Dunn on the line talking about him. Uh, and he was eloquent, to say the least, and clearly, as to uh, seemingly all his players, just think the world of him. Uh, you know, he had a different style. He... he you know, personified the term "good old boy." I think, you know, <laughs> and, uh, yes, yes. and and I mean that yes. as a full compliment, to say the least, right. Right. in all the right ways. Right. Um, and he just, you know, beloved the work done. Talked about how you know he basically came in, believe it or not, as a as a defensive back. Didn't want to play that. Went to Bobby Bowden and said, "Just give me a shot." At running back, he did, and then he, you know, the rest is history, and we're yes. done, one of the great running backs of, of all time, truly, and uh, both in college and in the NFL with the uh, Bucks and the Falcons, so yeah, um, yeah, but he just talked about how honest he was, like, just, you know, he said, if you, if you do well, you know, the job will be yours. You just prove it, basically. And he kept his word, and that's what worked on really talked about. Um, yeah. And then last night during the enshrinement at the Pro Football Hall of Fame, there was tweets from, you know, Primetime, Deion Sanders, uh, Derek Brooks, um, and just on and on and on. They just, uh, you know, everybody just clearly thought so much of him. To, to say the least. Oh, yeah. You know, John, when he kind of burst on the scene nationally, I would say is he would go on the road. I mean, and I'm, I think some of these teams I, I have correct, you know, Ohio State, Pittsburgh, Nebraska. Uh, there's a couple more. There was like five, like five games that were tough, tough opponents during that era. And he, he went and played them all on the road. And he beat, I think, three out of the five. So from then on, he had trouble, you know, maybe in the next couple of years or so, scheduling some teams to come to Tallahassee. Right. But there was one right. year, I think, there was five on-the-road games that were phenomenal. I guess uh, they were all probably in the top, let's say, 15. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, the, the rivalry with Miami for, that, for those right. few years, in the, I think early 2000s, if I'm not mistaken, they were as good as it get, and if you list the top ten rivalries in college football history, that's there, because those games were the very definition of appointment television. Uh, they spawned the famous terms "wide right" and "wide left," <laughs> as we both know. <laughs> yeah. uh, that yeah, having to do yeah. with missed field goals that would have won the game for Florida State. Right, right. And Bobby Bowden—that's probably where he's most. What he's most famous for, AP, is the grace with which he handled those gut-wrenching losses. I mean, in those days, for a few years running, it was kind of like Miami, Florida State, and all the rest. And everybody just waited for that game. It was really that way right. for those couple of years, I, I feel. And, yeah, uh, and the game, yeah, and the game was played usually in October, I think, John. Correct, kind of early. Usually exactly right. Yeah, I, I can't remember the... Uh, the placement in the month, but I, I think it was October, usually. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And again, 
kind of early in the world of college football, but one that would really get the juices flowing. And, you know, they were both so good that, you, you know, the loser was still kind of in the hunt. <laughs> you know, losing that game oh, yes, was yes. not the, the death knell that a loss often is in October because everybody mm-hmm. knew how good the loser was. And, you know, the hope was that right. the winner would ultimately, uh, you know, if they didn't win all their games, then the loser of the Florida State-Miami game might very well end up number one anyway. That's how good they right, were. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of a lot of pros, a lot of uh, future NFL pros in those games, double digits, maybe on both sides, actually. Yeah, Heisman Trophy winners mixed in there, I believe. Yes, I oh, Chris, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think Chris Weineke was and, part of those, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yes, he was, uh, yeah. And, John, that... That that series got going strong, I guess. When I, I mean, I can't recall the early years, like when Howard Schellenberg was at Miami, because they had that national championship team. I think right. it was kind of maybe the mid mid eighties or something. Jimmy Johnson exactly came right when Howard they beat Nebraska. Then he, yeah, then the yeah, then he was uh, right, right. So that that thing lasted quite a while. Both teams were very good. Oh, absolutely, no doubt about it. Um, you know, you know, and just, uh, and, and of course all the, the superstars that played for the U. So you, you would turn on those games and there was basically anywhere from a half a dozen to a dozen guys who were going to be playing on Sunday, like a lock. Oh yeah. And oh yeah, yeah it was yeah. like an NFL game sort of, you know, they were just towering teams, uh, in those days to say the least. A lot of speed on uh, not only on the perimeter but uh, on the defensive line. Well, that's right. And when I think of speed, I think of Miami sort of, you know, uh, reinvented it or invented it, shall we say. And that was their key. And Bobby Bowden and the Florida State Seminoles were basically the only team that could match them on spe- with speed with people like, you know, Deion Sanders and Warwick Dunn, <laughs> to put it mildly, among yeah. others. So that's why they oh, were yeah. able to complete. Yeah. Right. And you had Peter, Peter Ward, too, right? He was a wide receiver. Yes. Yes. No, Charlie that. Ward. That was, was that his name? Charlie Ward, quarterback, Heisman Trophy winner. Exactly yeah, right. Notable games there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. They played no, Notre Dame the on the road. Yeah. yeah that, that 93 team, I think, lost to Notre Dame on the road. Then ended up winning it. National Correct. Championship. I think you're absolutely right about that, AP. Well, AP, hard to believe we've come to the end of our first break. So why don't we take that now and still a lot more to get to on the other side. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you ready for a shakeup in your online entertainment? Then listen for The Information Edge with Darren Yancey. It's time to take a fresh look at the politics of our economy and its impact on you. Darren and his guests will explain these rights, legislation, and observations in sectors that affect people around the world every day. Imagine a podcast that makes you stop and think. That's The Information Edge. 
Tune in every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Central, and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is one 866 472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And A.P., we spent the previous segment talking about the passing of the legendary Florida State football coach, Bobby Bowden, who also coached at West Virginia University and it was fitting AP that, uh, you know, a lot of his former players were tweeting and whatnot. Uh, many, some of them clearly were, you know, at the Hall of Fame enshrinement ceremonies over the weekend, the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. And, uh, and AP, it was great. You know, Peyton Manning, uh, first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, you know, he, he gave a great speech, great, great talk, you know, the, uh, perfect blend for him of, you know, uh, sense of humor, uh, especially with Tom Brady sitting in the crowd and he, he paid him homage, shall we say, uh, with humor <laughs> for coming out to see him in Canton and, but, you know, with really talking about like the need to Keep the flame, keep the flame alive, shall we say, for the future of, of football, um, which was really pretty cool stuff. I, I loved it. It made me think he has big things in mind for his future, far beyond uh, being a Monday night analyst on ESPN for Monday Night Football. It it kind of sounded like a political speech to me, John, when I heard. Indeed, it, actually. Indeed, uh, and I'll get right to the point. What I thought last night, or what I wondered about afterwards, uh, my first thought was that, as we've talked before, AP, college football is severely lacking, quote, a commissioner, someone in charge, someone overseeing college football, and with the uh, diminished stature of the NCAA, to be kind. <laughs> um, right. Uh, right. Yeah, to be kind, very kind. Um, AP, right. I, I, I can't imagine a better person to be the first ever commissioner, or whatever the word would be. A lot of people would like the word czar. <laughs> I don't think that's going right, to be the right. title, but, uh, but whoever, I can't imagine a better person than Peyton Manning. A legendary career at Tennessee, obviously. His father, a, a true legendary college football player. Uh, at Mississippi and, and, you know, the figurehead, if we will, of the National College Football Foundation. Um, I just think Peyton Manning, that to me would be such a coup for college football. Uh, They need a boss, period. We've talked about this. They need a boss. Yeah. Yeah. You know, John, I think the idea sounds plausible. But I'm not sure, John, that all those commissioners really want somebody over them. I, I don't Bingo. know. If that's Bingo. The, I, I, I understand you, that. You, you're, yeah, I don't think they want somebody telling them what to do. Because all of a sudden, you're, you're the commissioner of the league and you're not the person in charge. Uh, because Correct. all of them have these different fiefdoms and they're operating... Uh, it's like a, uh, how, would you, uh, how would you call it, cannibalism. Couldn't agree more, AP. There's five Power Five conferences, obviously Power Five, and none of them, they all operate pretty much independently as we've witnessed in a fashion that 
I don't know that we've ever witnessed before with Texas and Oklahoma basically just walking away to the SEC. And those commissioners were un- couldn't do anything about it, AP. Uh, no, the- no. No, if a school wants to leave, I mean, John, if we, we, in the last, let's say, how many years, 10 to 15, have we seen any commissioner be able to stop a team from leaving? Oh, gosh, no. Never. I, I don't... I don't think, you know, in other words, like sometimes you see like a, a head coach is hired by another school and then two, three days later they, they reconsider and they, and they return to that, uh, their, their prior school. Sure. But with these teams leaving the conferences, I don't think I can recall somebody uh, making the decision to become part of another conference and then all of a sudden, no, I think we're going to just remain where we are, and I we, we feel that's in our best interest. I, it's always been when they wanted to leave, the commissioner has no power because it's in the contracts. All of them, there's an escape clause. You, you, whatever you pay the money or whatever needs to be done, they they usually comply. And if they have any disagreement, the, the lawyers get together and they have a settlement. Well, that's it, AP. You, you know, there's nobody overseeing any of it, and. You know, and I agree with you 100%. They would never give up their power. But if ever there were a time where you'd look and, like, love to have a commissioner overseeing all of right. college football, their boss, you know, conference commissioner's boss, it would be, you know, mm-hmm. now. <laughs> like a Peyton Manning yeah. who could pull a, you know, sort of, we all remember when, as, a, as an example, when David Stern said, you know, when Chris Paul went to the Lakers and he said, oh, no, that's not happening. And he just stopped right, it. And that was right. that. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I've heard it, it mentioned. It, yeah. You've heard it mentioned in the past and all the time about having a czar. But now you, I think you see the personalities of the individuals that are commissioners. Yes. I don't believe there's any. Ch- I mean, if they wanted this to happen, John, and they've been talking about it for so long. I mean, it probably probably I would say at least 15 years at least. Sure. Oh, yeah. Maybe longer. And it hasn't happened, and then you you can see why because of all the uh, decisions that they make independently, and there's no unification, there's no uh, there's no what you what would you call a brotherhood amongst those commissioners at all? They, Gosh, they no, just, it's, uh, it's, uh, uh, no, it's individualized. Yeah, and it's at an all-time low. I mean, we've all been hearing the. You know, the stories, not the real stories, but, you know, enough's been said in recent yeah. weeks about, uh, you know, let's just say uh, commissioners not acting as ethically as you might right. like, commissioners and many others. Uh, Chancellor's yes, yes. School, whoever was involved in all these talks with Texas and Oklahoma heading to the SEC. Right. You, you know, we all know what everybody's saying. It, it, it appears obvious this was the case. And, of course, you can always hide behind the, you know, you know, we had to keep it quiet, shall we say, behind the scenes. But right, we all get right. it. And, you know, this has been going on, AP. I mean, you mentioned the last 15 years. Well, of course, the last 15 years has been exactly the most tumultuous period for conference realignment in the history, in the 150-year history, I might add, of college football. And, uh, you know, but I I don't, I just feel like Texas and Oklahoma leaving and leaving the Big 12 potentially in shambles. Uh, Not potentially, they are in shambles. It's just, are they going to be able to somehow stay alive, whether it's on their own, bringing in other schools, or we're hearing... Some talk of merger with the Pac-12, who's also been weakened in recent years for whatever reason. Um, right. So who knows, AP? But you know, we're back to your original point, which is yeah, they're they're not voting to bring in a boss <laughs> of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just don't feel. I mean, John, it always reminds me of the story of the NFL. In its infancy, you know, the New York Giants, of course, are in a, a populated area. Right. And if they wanted to demand all the money from the league, they, I think that was a viable option. But they had a, had a team like Green Bay. If, if the New York Giants wanted to force Green Bay out of the league years ago, it probably could have happened. Sure. But they, they took the position, as I understand it, that, no, we're going to have equal money for all the teams. Now, uh, you know, it's, it's a certain sum of money that 
is um, distributed equally. But uh, you know, individually, you know, there's some other things that teams can do to make money. Because I always think of the Cowboys and Jerry Jones arrived. He was always complaining about, well, we sell the most jersey, we should get more money. And I'm thinking, well, that, that the league never would have survived if, if everyone was Jerry Jones back then. Correct, but he just basically there's, went there's ahead. There's no way. Right, and he cut his own deals with, if I'm not mistaken, Pepsi. Uh, you know, probably did, probably did, yeah. But but oh, yeah, I mean, he, he you just, know, that this, yeah, yeah, it. this attitude that I'm, yeah, I'm by myself. Uh, it, it's not good for a league or a conference or or, or or a sport. Correct, correct, yes, and uh, you know, they they still equally divide the revenue. That was even discussed last night with you know mentioned in Paul Tagliabue's speech former commissioner of the NFL and he I think he right, referenced right. how Pete Rizzo instituted that and he kind of not only obviously kept it going but strengthened it and whatnot his speech was really interesting I mean that was a good history of pro football yes. speech yeah it really yeah was. that's what it reminded me of yeah yeah when he when he came to the podium that's what I was thinking it's really it, it didn't sound like an induction speech to me it sounded like he was reviewing the history of the league and some of the things he had to address as well as the prior decisions that affected him when he was an up-and-coming uh, leader in the NFL. But, but getting back to the uh, the college football scene, I like to have teams all over the country, John, that are good in a strong position. I mean, you want to see, oh, okay, who's strong? You know, what are a couple of teams in the West Coast? How about yes. the Midwest, down south, the Southwest, the Atlantic Coast areas, the East? I mean, I, I liked it. it. Now it's, well, we're going to just... Uh, get together, wipe everybody out. It, it's all for me. If we if we ended up with fourteen teams in a conference or whatever, sixteen, and that's all we had, well, that's fine with me. But I, I just don't care for that attitude. Right, I agree, AP. No, it, it's a crazy time. It's a crazy time, and yeah. sometimes out of crazy times, you know, uh, crazy things happen. Uh, so just go back yeah. to the original point of just simply Peyton Manning. Um, you know good speech but he really hit hard on the you know everybody needs to pitch in and do what it takes to keep the flame burning bright for the future of fo- football that was my takeaway and and uh, and I think he's just the guy to do it in whatever form that's going to come yeah uh, I, I think that's you know his his mission uh, but yeah. AP we're at the end of our second break already uh Anxious to hear your response to that on Peyton Manning, and uh, we'll do that on the other side. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England, along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week, and each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Listen for Go to Health Radio, featuring host Jonathan Marks and health experts from around the world who bring evidence-based education from Western, alternative, and holistic practices. We bring together you, seeking relevant and proven information for your healthcare needs and reputable healthcare experts and companies who offer quality education for your benefit. Monthly, we also share continuing education for medical professionals. Listen live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Variety. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, 
Decide that you have something to say and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I am your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is the baseball game, MLB game, being held at the Field of Dreams in Iowa, the White Sox versus the Yankees. And anybody who watched the movie, which is basically everybody, uh, will surely be interested in tuning in uh ap should be get should be fun to watch a game from a cornfield right wow that's amazing that yeah that's that'll be f- uh, fantastic i wonder how they distributed the tickets for the game how many people will be there i don't know don't know anything which is fine it's thursday night at 8 p.m on fox so i'm looking forward to it and whatever they put on will be at least worth tuning into because we all love that movie to say the least and uh and yeah, I, I don't know any of the details, but I'm more than happy to wait till Thursday to find them all out. I think it's going to be fun. Yeah, that'd be amazing, John. I I don't even know what the what is the exact town in Iowa. I think it's called Dyersville, if I'm not mistaken. Dyersville, uh, Dyersville, Iowa. Okay. But wow, AP, that's, that's something different. Oh yeah, we have a connection to the movie up here in Boston. Obviously, they film scenes at Fenway Park, that type of thing. Uh, right. But what's more interesting, and I just, when we head into Boston from my house, we always go in on the Mass Pike, Mass Turnpike, and there's a certain spot right as, uh, you, you know, you, what used to be the tolls, and all of a sudden there's the city of Boston, Harvard off to your left and Cambridge, and sort of the skyline up ahead, and that that exact spot, everybody in Boston knows it, myself included, and uh, you know, every I can't help but mention it every time I go by there, which was as recently as this weekend. <laughs> you know, there's just a, a, yeah. a very specific spot where you, where you get that exact view from your car that was in the movie when Kevin Costner and James Earl Jones arrived in Boston, and they showed them <laughs> coming in on the Mass Pike in their van. <laughs> <laughs> but. AP, moving on. I was talking about Peyton Manning and this interesting speech at the Hall of Fame last evening. And I know you have some thoughts and you found it equally interesting. Yeah, John, um, if they were to select a person for to be the football czar, maybe it's somebody who, I mean, it has to be somebody with a lot of passion. And yes. But once you, you know, he, he came from the Southeastern Conference. So oh, yeah. once he, if he was uh, selected for that position, he'd have to make some rulings against them. You know, can he Correct. do that? That's, that's you know, a that, really that's good me, point, To me, AP. that's the big question. To me, that's the big question, okay? He has all this allegiance to Tennessee, the SEC. Can he rule against uh, that conference? Or, you know, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I mean, you, have to, you, you can't just talk a big game. You have to make hard decisions. And then you have to be willing to, 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 to be to be the villain. You know, and I don't no. mean just the opposing quarterback. I mean a villain to like around the whole country if you make a decision. Oh, absolutely. No, these these jobs are thankless. <laughs> and you don't win any popularity yeah. contests holding these positions, that's yeah. for sure. Just ask Roger Goodell, right? No. Um, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, or he he, or he enjoys David that forty Stern million dollars a year though. Oh yeah, but they so they enjoy that forty million dollar year salary. So that, I mean, they right. they're, they're compensated well. Yeah, and all the other commissioners, Gary Bettman and 
Uh, you, you know, Adam Silver and formerly David Stern at the NBA. Uh, well, yeah, no doubt about it. It's uh, it's a thankless job, and, and you're not going to win any popularity contests when you're the commissioner of any sport, uh, especially no. college football, if there were one, given the extreme passion, maybe the most passionate sport in all of America, uh, to say the least. Uh, but, yeah, it, it would be tough, AP. I mean, boy, yeah, you look at the SEC, if you look at the building blocks, one of those building blocks is, you know, Archie Manny at Ole Miss. I mean, that's when I could say for myself, that's probably when I really, like, woke up to the SEC, you know, and, like, right. I remember watching him on a Saturday night like it was yesterday against Auburn and thinking, like, oh, wow, these guys are fun to watch. Yeah. And, you know, and we're talking a lot yeah. of building blocks headed by Bear, Bear Bryant, the, to say the least. Right. Oh, yeah. You know, there's from oh, Billy yeah. Cannon to Steve Spurrier. There's been a lot of people all over, and the, you know, Bobby, the Majors family up at Tennessee, on and on and on. So, uh, yeah, yeah. There, there's, uh, you're right. There would be some tough decisions uh, made, required, required to say the least. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know if that's in his plans, his future plans to be. Maybe uh, somebody who's always booed at events. Correct, because he's always cheered at events. Here I am, you know, longtime Patriot season ticket holder who watched him come in many times as the all-time villain in the Gillette Stadium, all-time villain. And here I am today, years later, and, you know, I, like everybody else, I love the guy. <laughs> I couldn't wait for a speech last night. He's very likable. <laughs> and uh, Yeah. Yeah, to say the least. So, well, AP, hard to believe we're at the end of the show here. I want to thank you for calling in and giving us your expertise, particularly, uh, you know, casting a spotlight on the Nick Saban-Bobby Bowden connection. Uh, just good stuff, as always. Hey, thank you so much, Sean. It was my pleasure. Thank you again, AP. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern time. Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific time, 12 noon Eastern time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend and we'll talk sports again next week.